Hi everyone, this is Tony Tonkin. Thanks for listening to the Kids Matter podcast. If you like these podcasts and wish to support us in the work we are doing, then I invite you to log in to patreon.com slash childprotectionparty and support us for as little as $1 a month. Also, share our podcast with your friends and associates so we can reach more people and have more people connecting with us so we can improve outcomes for kids. This is a movement and you are an important part of it. Hi everyone, Tony Tonkin here from Kids Matter. I'm glad that you could be with us today. I have a very special guest who's going to talk to us about child protection issues. Her name is Narelle Clarkson. So, Narelle, thanks for coming all the way in here to have this chat to us today. Yes, thanks, Tony. Now, um, uh, I I guess you've got a number of issues in relation to child protection. Indeed. In particular. Mm. Um, so would you like to have uh, like to tell us a little bit about perhaps what those issues might be? Um, okay, well, I'm a, a grandmother of, um, oh gosh, I've actually got... What, so many children you can Six and a half now, six yes. Six and a half? Six and a half, right, yeah. okay. Um, but uh, particularly cu- close to my grandson who... Um, my daughter was um, quite young when she began having babies mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we used to co-parent him together so um yeah my daughter ran into child protection through what i believe was um the uh father instigating a case so that he'd have a family court case uh to take the youngest um child so he was planning to use the child protection system to justify planning to his and case? did so and is and yes did. yes All right. can yeah. you explain how he oh how uh, he about he, well he he this is where we're getting into stuff, perhaps. But anyway, um, he, uh, he he contacted uh, DCP when they broke up uh, and I think they pretty much told him to go away at first but um, he actually – she used to give him um, uh, time with, the, with her daughter who was about five months old at the time and um, he uh, – he he seemed to set it set her up. He sent her home one day from access um, with no bottles, no formula, no nappies. He'd taken them all out of the bag. So and she came home screaming, hungry, mm. and uh, so we ducked down the road to grab all that rather than yep. you know get into conflict with him, and um, came back to find and we actually left her with. Um, uh, a friend of my daughter's and, um, yeah, came back to find a um, – I can't remember the name of the child uh, – CFS, is it? Uh, child health uh, – Child and youth, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, on the doorstep yep. All right. saying, your baby's screaming, you're not here, what's going on? All right. And she put in a report. So, so a notification w- was made to them – by him, and she made the report to DCP. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. okay. yeah. And I'd, I had also been involved with DCP over the years um, about my daughter as well. 
um, to because she was so young uh, and we were getting well. I believe they were they were there to help. <laughs> I think that's a common cry of a lot of grandparents. Yeah, I um, think you're right. I think a lot of people just mm. automatically assume because well, there used to be families there. Well, say. exactly. Yeah. So, so we used to associate that with them being interested in helping us. That's right. Help our families. Mm. Yeah. And I was always told there weren't any real child protection issues. That my daughter just needed a little bit extra help. My daughter was always open to getting help and. Uh, um, and was hooked into the different services and what have you and doing a pretty good job for a young mum. Not perfect, but... No, what um, young mother does. Yeah. But um, in our particular case, the uh, child protection worker who was assigned to it was um, had grown up with the family of the ex. And oh, right. So there was a connection between the family... And the worker, which yes. would have generated, I would have thought, a conflict, conflict of, of interest. interest. Yes. <laughs> yes, you would think so. And she was still very close to the family. Um, in fact, things started to go wrong fairly quickly. I would notice that we'd have a conversation with the worker and uh, what she was getting from it or what she was then coming back with was quite different from what we'd said. It was all twisted out of shape and massaged and became quite negative even if it was positive and mm. so, so how can you explain then how things went somewhat pear-shaped um well in that way in the sense that um we, w- we went very seemingly quickly from um you know everything's fine your daughter's fine uh to quite a large involvement i mean it was it all happened very very quickly um, and my daughter had uh, postnatal depression, so she, um, you know, she had some issues. I'm not saying she didn't, but um, she she was doing the right thing, and we had her booked into Helen Mayo, right. and she actually placed the baby with the father uh, temporarily in the week leading up to her getting a bed, her placement. Um, when we went to pick the baby up, he said, "Nope, sorry, you're not having the child," and that was that. And um, DCP totally backed him, and um, so t- DCP became involved at that point. No, they were involved maybe a week or two before then. All they right. they became involved. Well, they sort of were involved with me because I I had the grandson with me. Right. Um, but um, they didn't seem to have an issue with that. Uh, but they they became. More involved in that point, I'd say. So at this point, you had the grandson, and mm. then the newborn was with the father. Yes. Uh, not well. Okay. So the originally, the grandson was with me. He we, he would often come in and out of my care. We, as I said, we co-parented him. He had two homes. Um, the granddaughter was with my daughter. She was still breastfeeding. So, um, but he she would give him. Pretty much as much time as he wanted with her. Sometimes he'd come to her house and see the bubba, and other times um, we'd drop the baby off to him to, at his house. So there was a time when DCP became <coughs> a little bit more involved, I guess, mm. and they exerted their authority um, <coughs> over this particular case. What happened there? What well, uh, to be fair, we well. So a, 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 a safety plan was put in place, right, which yep. pretty much just reiterated what was already happening. Um, 
they were saying to us, um, we're not involved from a child protection point of view. We're, we're just here to facilitate contact with the baby before family court. Um, so we had that understanding of it, um, perhaps a bit naively. <laughs> um, yeah, but... So at this point, I've, I've it was, so at this point, it was basically a case a safety plan to ensure that the child, that the child was safe. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can't remember the safety plan off the top of my head, but it was pretty much what we had in place. So, the grandson was with me. That was written on it. Um, initially, the first safety plan had my granddaughter with my daughter, and that was fine. They didn't have an issue with that at the time. Once he took the baby. They then wrote a new safety plan that had the granddaughter with him. Right. And where did this start to change? (laughs) This is my fault. Absolutely, totally my fault. Um, I was getting more and more uneasy with what was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did what a lot of people on social media do, do these days and Googled the child protection worker. Um, and discovered the photos of her with the family. So oh, okay. So this, this I is, didn't how, know th- this is y- how you knew mm. her connections with the family? That's right. And I went, now I've worked in well, government. I, I just wonder whether that was her fault for... Putting it up on so- for social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> I've got a screenshot, but yeah, it's gone. Um, in fact, I think a lot of child protection workers now don't have Facebook because of this, or uh, not because of our case, but because of things like this. I don't think it's, you know, it's unless you're in sort of my position where you're promoting and advertising this stuff, I don't think there's any need really for social workers to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, at this stage, yeah, so I, as I had worked in government, so I, you know, I understand conflict of interest and so I thought, okay, we've just got a bit of a dodgy worker. (laughs) Um, with a conflict of interest, so that's fine. I'll make a meeting with the supervisors of the case and um, explain to them that there is a conflict of interest. They will surely swap social workers and we can just move on. Of course. You, you assumed they would just understand. Well, yes. <laughs> what a conflict of interest actually meant. Well, exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I must admit, I was quite naive at the time. Um, in at Well, yes, the... the Department of Child Protection did not work the way I knew other government departments to work. Because I've worked in multiple government departments. Mm. So um, everything from Treasury to um, Parliament House to, uh, you know, <laughs> across the board, health, what, what have you. So, um, yeah, I was expecting it to be the same and that just to be a standard thing and we'd have a little meeting and off we'd go. So what was the response to all of this? Well, in that meeting, I made the mistake of... Um, I have to go back a bit. I had uh, actually gone to the police leading up to this, uh, for another matter entirely. And um, while I was there, I said, look, I'm having a bit of trouble with this Department of Child Protection. I feel like something dodgy is going on. How do I protect myself? What? How do I protect my daughter and my grandkids? And they said, start recording. So I did. <laughs> Sorry, who told you to do this? The police. All right. Mm. Um. So I started to record. Well, he explained to me. I said, because I actually said, well, is that legal? And he said, well, of course, everyone's got, um, you know, car cameras now. 
Uh, it's just a matter of course. We use it in cases all the time. Of course, you can't. We, we've got our body cams and what have you. So I went, okay, great. So I, I downloaded an app and started recording all my conversations on the phone and and uh, in meetings. And that's and I actually thought at the time, perhaps I'm having a communication issue. Perhaps I, I'm not presenting what I'm trying to say to them and that's why they're twisting it all. And so initially I was recording to go, well, go back and analyse it and go, you know, did I, did I say what they're saying I said? And, of course, I found I wasn't um, very clearly... I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't making communication errors, but there was a bias on how they were interpreting things. And, yeah, I was stunned. So did you find <coughs> that listening to your recordings, you were recognising that they were distorting some of the very things much, that you'd said? Very much. Yeah. Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but, I mean, anyone who's had anything to do with child protection knows the way it goes. Um, if you, for example, if you were to, you've just lost your kids, you're devastated, if you go into the access and you don't cry, they'll say, you know, um, not showing proper, like emotionally dead or not showing, flat effect. Or, or not making emotional connections with the children. Right. You go in whatever. there and cry. But then if you And cry, then you'll be emotional and... and, and then your emotions are disorganised. That's right. So you can't yeah. really win. It doesn't no, actually no. matter what you do. Yeah. They're, they're, they can put it in a negative biased way and um, that's the way it gets written down. Yeah. And, and I found that without a doubt was happening. All right, so you were noticing some distinct biases in terms of the oh, interpretation yes, of what you'd very said. Very much. And I'd yep. go back and correct things, um, and they would not correct it. So what were you correcting? Um, I mean, a lot. Um, there was some, some very important things. Most, most things I sort of let go because I sort of thought, oh, well, you know, <laughs> it'll come out in the wash. Yeah. It's petty, yeah. But there were some really important things. For example, they had accused my daughter of being on um, methamphetamines and um, and I was actually rung by the social worker and said, look, um, because after she lost the baby, after he took the baby, she just broke down. She ended up in hospital and I was rung and told, we've had a phone call from the hospital and she's tested positive for methamphetamine. And I was shocked and horrified, you know, um, and I spoke to my daughter and she denied, denied, denied. And I thought, well, can you trust if someone is, ha you know. If, someone, <laughs> if someone's using, exactly. they're, they're not going necessarily to going to admit to it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I didn't take her word for it. I actually got her to ring the hospital in front of me. All right. And she asked them, were, um, did I test positive for methamphetamines? And the hospital said, not only did you not test positive for methamphetamines, we didn't test you. <laughs> we didn't do any drug test. Now, that that fact, she was not tested for drugs and she certainly did not test positive for methamphetamines. That fact made it right through court and is now being used in family court that she tested positive for methamphetamines, which she it never happened. So where did, did you see it? Did they Is show you the no. tests themselves? She was subsequently tested, um, I think, God, sometimes up to three times a week, random tests she'd have um, for years. But the time, let's come back a bit, but the time mm. they had stated that she tested 
positive mm. was a time when she um, hadn't been tested at all. That's right. Is that what you're saying? No one had done tests. No one had no. done tests, but they had stated they that They stated that there was a, a test. Um, oh. And I asked them to produce it, and they were asked to produce it in court as well. They had nothing. All right. So mm. where where did you go from this point then? I mean, it was hard to confront, <laughs> I guess, a lot of this stuff around misinformation. Well, you get quite defensive, I have to say. Oh, right. And again, yeah, that point. was another mistake on my part, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not sure... I mean, it's easy to look back in, re- in, in you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. and go, oh, well, perhaps my defensiveness led, like, just escalated everything. But it's very difficult not to get defensive when stuff's been completely made up. Do you feel, <laughs> did you feel angry? I was confused more than anything. Oh, I right, wasn't okay. angry at all. I was, I, was, yeah. I was actually really confused. And it, it has taken me a long time to gel my worldviews <laughs> in this mm. because I'd always believed um, the government was there to help you, that people, most people are uh, good people, people in child protection um, are probably going to be people who really care about children and want to put them first and that they're there to help families. So this really sort of grinded against my worldview. And well, I, I guess it's, confus- it's confusing, isn't it, when you hold a set of views Very that confusing. aren't confirmed mm. by the actual reality, I guess. Yes. I will yeah. say, you know, <laughs> there are unfortunately some extremes in our movement. Um, we get people saying, you know, there are a bunch of people organising pedophile rings and they're... Um, only, only in it for the money. Yeah, the they're cash for kids and all that sort kids, of thing. Yeah. And look, I apologise to anyone who believes that. Um and I'm not saying – I just haven't seen any evidence of that. And, in fact, I've spoken to um, quite a number of social workers both within our case and outside of that. I've had a few social workers speak to me anom- anonymously online. And um, I, I've come to some conclusions that I, – I, I think they are good people. I think that the system is really badly set up that um, where – well, there's a TED talk, I don't know if you... Of a social worker in America. And she talks about how there's a dopamine effect when they take away children. And they tell themselves they're doing the right thing. And, of course, if you're, you know, ripping a baby from a screaming mother and or any child yep. screaming from their parents, our base humanity knows there's something wrong with that. You know, everything... <laughs> you know, you, s- you see it in the wild, try and take a cub away from its mother, what's going to happen? And so I believe that they develop a cognitive dissonance to get past that. They have to. Because yep. otherwise they would have to start questioning themselves, well, are we doing the right thing? Um, but yeah, <coughs> I don't disagree with that. And I think I can remember that TED Talk that you're referring mm. to. Um, but I also don't think it's a bad thing necessarily to reflect back on one's practice and ask... Absolutely. Ask, you know, <laughs> what, I, what am I doing? Why is this impacting me the way that it is? Am I practicing? Well, I don't think it does. Uh, that's that. I, I I could be wrong, but I suspect that. Well, I think the people that it does impact in that way are moved to different positions. I, I think the people on the front line are the ones who can take that child screaming from its mother, telling themselves that they're doing the right thing for that child, and walk away feeling good about it. Yeah, and I I did have a, uh, a senior social worker many years ago once said to me that the good social workers eventually leave, mm-hmm. the poor social that's workers remain. Said. 
they get promoted mm-hmm. to become the supervisors and managers. That's right. With all due respect to all those supervisors mm. and managers who are good social workers. Yeah. But, but <laughs> normally they, they get – so the, the good ones can't stand it either because mm. that dopamine mm. effect – is when they recognise <laughs> and uh, That's right, they yeah. don't want to continue to work in that manner, I guess. I, I agree. I totally agree. And, uh, well, I have seen good social workers still in the system. Um, not many. I don't, well, look, I, don't th- I, think, I don't think everything's as black and white as we like to think and um, I don't think they're necessarily good or bad people. Um, I don't think they're monsters. I think they're people doing their jobs believing they're protecting children, um, which and I just think the system is not set up well and it's really not <coughs> can you talk? Through. Can you talk about that? Because, I mean, what I do admire about you greatly, Norelle, is that you are able to uh, reflect on your experiences. Mm. You're able to admit areas in which you think that mm. perhaps you could have done better, <laughs> don't we all? No, there's a lot of those. Yep. <laughs> and, and, that, and that as a result of that, I think you're probably one of the most reflective persons that I've met. And can you talk about what, if you were to run or to manage this particular system, what sort of things would you like to see changed so Mm, that perhaps not as many children are removed? Look, we understand that there are some pretty crappy parents out there. Oh, absolutely. And there are kids that are being harmed and they definitely need to be removed. Mm, We do need need child protection services just like we need the police force. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But it doesn't always run the same as we would like it to. So I guess there are things that, you know, we as a political party are always endeavouring to voice so that we can get some changes Mm -hmm. happening. So from your perspective, though, I'd really be interested to know what you think needs to change. Definitely. Well, I think um, there's a few... I think, really pinnacle changes that need to take place. At the moment, um, the child is the client, and, of course, that makes sense because they're there to protect the child. The problem with that can is... I just, can I just say on that issue, though, thanks for raising it, that is, I think that perception's changing. Mm. I used to see that a lot years ago mm. where we weren't even allowed to introduce the parent as a possible client mm. or as even a, an appropriate stakeholder mm. because our focus is just around the children. In more recent times, though, there seems to, I just don't know whether you've it noticed that there is a change. Yeah, I mean, we, we've actually been swapped off, as, so I'm seeing some changes, but I don't know how much of that is because of the new office and how much of that is. But there does, I noticed there's been some news articles coming out where there does seem to be some groundwork being done. Um, I mean, studies, as, as you would be aware, there's been studies where they've the, the trauma caused by children being removed by their families and indeed growing up in a family that's not their own can be more devastating than the abuse that they may or may not have been Yeah, in. and it has a long-term effect because that's they're continually right. living that trauma. Yep, you look at the sticks <laughs> statistics behind foster children yeah. and how many end up in jail, how many end up in drugs, um, booted out at home at 18 because they're not don't have a paycheck anymore attached to them. I mean, I'm sorry. I apologise to foster... I know there's some good foster carers out there. There are. fabulous people. And I have nothing but admiration for what they do. They open open their houses up to children. I understand children cost money, but, you know... um, So what changes? If you could do change... Maybe three things. Three things. What would you change? I would change that so that the family was was the client, not just the child, because then you're coming Fantastic. from a focus of keeping the family together yep. and what can we do to help this family um, become better parents and and create security around that child. Uh, secondly, 
I think accountability and I'm very big on this. Um, at the moment, DCP are a law to themselves. They, they are very aware of it. They're very aware that they, you know, we've got closed courts, so media's not allowed to report on anything. Yeah, um, very good point. You can be point. shut down yep. if you do. Uh, parents are often unable to talk about their cases and what has happened um, because they'll lose access to their children. Um, so just on that point too, I just mm. want to—you just remind me of something else. Um, I, as an advocate, are, are never allowed mm. into a court, mm. even mm. when I'm not mm. likely to be a witness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, like that third party that has a look at the processes right. and gets to support the parents. Mm. Not even mm. that is permitted. No, no. Yeah. Well, we know in our case, we were trying to get in, get you in as the—I uh, can't remember what it's called now. Oh um, yeah. Um, it's gone for me as well. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. a unique term. That and, and, and we were told that there was conflict of interest, which yeah. is just crazy because crazy. the judge, well, I probably shouldn't go there, but the, ju- <laughs> the judge was actually an ex-DCP lawyer. So, you know, I don't see what the difference is. <laughs> but, you know, we probably need to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Yes. Um, but, um, but anyway, so number two. So accountability would have to be number two. Yeah. I think... 100% all phone calls that a department makes on their mobile or through their work phones should be recorded. If they're doing the right thing, what's the issue there? Yeah, and I've always, um, I've always thought that if I'm, I'm quite happy. Look, if a client wants to record a session that I'm doing, a therapeutic session, mm. I don't have mm. an issue with that whatsoever. Absolutely. You In know, fact, if it's, it, it why protects would I? both parties. Yeah, but why yeah. would I? If, exactly. if Only if I'm concerned that I'm not practising appropriately, mm. then I would be concerned. Mm. Um, so the same the same rule or the mm. same idea, I guess, applies to the department. If like we, we have, in our case, I have... I, I couldn't actually tell you how many hours worth of evidence that can show... This was the conversation took place. This was what was written down. And you can see very clearly that some, sometimes you can't even recognise them as the same conversation. Um, we had some really terrible things happen to us that were said to us that should never be said to anyone. That it's just out of line. Um, now, none of that information was is able to be presented anywhere. To show, and and I don't want to do that from a, um, you know, revenge sort of thing or anything like that. It's about look, something's wrong in your system. Yeah. <laughs> and the same applies to access. You know, mm, they mm. they record often access sessions, <laughs> um, but you're but not allowed to record them. No, no, mm. you're not allowed to. <laughs> and then not, and they they are rarely played back to of course not. to the parent. And, uh, they and, ne- judgments they and and they never appear in court. Well, this is where we're dealing with subjective, subjective thing, right? You've got often with uh, like with the psych reports, and they're not the assessments they do are not the normal psych assessment that has happened. That happens in, um, you know, it's not like they run through a DSM with their, the the uh, parents or anything. They'll sit down and chat with them, and again, you get a report that barely resembles the conversation. Um, so. And that brings us uh, trans is is third party. I'm uh, sorry, third party assessments like parent parenting capacity assessments. Mm-hmm. Is that also part of transparency? Do you think? I think so. I mean, and recording would take care of that. Frankly, if I mean, no psychologist worth their salt is going to do what I've seen occur 
if it's going to be recorded. They're definitely going to because the, 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 it's a breach of their um, organisation. Like you know how you have a, a overhead. Well, it's it's uh, their uh, peak body code mm. of ethics. Yes, which is the that's APA right. in their yeah. case, and, and the ASW as far as social workers are concerned. A lot of these sites are early. I've noticed they they're quite young. They're quite new from their degrees, and they're trying to get some runs on the board. They're also trying to sort of. They seem to be wanting to. Um, be approved of by the and yeah, and what I what frustrates me is this deferring of decisions to the psychologist. Oh, you know, which who, is who hasn't excuse. even who Sorry. hasn't even. <laughs> <laughs> it really I think is. it is too. I think it's social workers bailing out on making a decision. I think so. Yeah. And I think that that it's uh, it's unhelpful because in many cases they haven't even met the child. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't think our site has met the child. Mm. There you go. Case in point. Yeah, but um, she's. Yeah, and she's barely mouthed too. That's the, that's the other thing. Like, so a lot of what information she's going on is stuff that's written in the file. And of course, if that's not right in the first place, you're going to get a skewed report. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, our psych report was. I mean, honestly, I laughed. I mean, it was it was, uh, um, you know, an inch thick. Of I think the the, the, the the smallest of facts they couldn't get right. Like the family tree was. And we get, <laughs> and there are always counter opinions uh, mm, in yeah. psychiatry, yeah, in psychology, yeah, yeah. in social work, and I guess well, we it's, need it's to not an exact that. science. No, and, far and from it. Yeah. Even though psychologists, psychiatrists would like to think that they are an exact science, they're yeah. far from yeah. it as well. Yeah. But but this is where most psychologists will say, well, sitting down in a room with someone is not, it's going to be um, subjective rather than objective. So if they're coming from a bias, you're in trouble straight away. But if they were to run through DSMs with people. Um, because I mean I don't I, I mean I can't speak for everybody, but um, with a lot of people I've met in in all this, they're making diagnoses in these reports of people's mental health without running through a DSM. How does that happen? And then these these diagnoses get carried on. I mean, my daughter. Well, they're labels. Yeah, and, you know, one well, does wonder how they call them diagnoses eventually. Well, they're still labels. <laughs> but Doesn't my matter. my daughter's ended up with something like ten separate mental health conditions through all this, none of which I think are correct. To be honest well, with you, the, the classic for me is personality oh, disorder. The go-to. Yeah, yeah. Like it is if, absolutely. If you the cannot, go-to. if you cannot find another <laughs> disorder, let's do, let's well, do the personality why. disorder. Because b- borderline personality disorder is basically immaturity. So every, almost everyone's going to fit in that well, somehow. I think, I, think, I think we all do. Mm. Um, so it's that's a bit like horoscope diagnosis. Well, it? it's 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 a bit like looking to a whole you know a hunk of rock that sits yeah. above your above your in your room, mm. I guess, mm. and sort of determining yeah. whether any of those rocks determine who we are. Yeah. But um, now that's number two was transparency. Yes. So is which I think was a good discussion. Is there number mm. three? Um, I really don't – I think there's a lot of confusion, particularly in the early days when um, when when people become involved with the department. They definitely don't know what's going on. There's, there's, they don't know what their rights are. They don't know how to handle the situation. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's very unclear. Like if, if you were, say, um, picked up by the police to have an interview about, I don't know, your neighbour's house being broken into, you're going to have some concept there straight away that – you're in a bit of a tricky situation and there may be consequences and you need to be careful how you respond. God, that sounds dodgy. Please edit that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You, you're aware it's an investigation. Yep. And um, so 
you're starting on a more even playing field. Now, I wouldn't say it's 100% even, but it's it's a more even playing field. With DCP, you're born into this believing they're there to help and I think that makes people very open and perhaps even a bit, particularly when there's family court issues. More vulnerable? Yes, very much. It's not, there's not an even... I think, I think the other problem w- with, w- with it is also that they... People don't understand the system. No, no. They don't understand what a case plan is. They don't understand what a safety plan mm-hmm. is. They don't understand what authority the department that's, does. That's exactly they right. clearly never understand the legislation because I'm pretty sure most well, people legislation. don't Sorry. understand the legislation. Well, well so we have legislation um, which doesn't seem to be really full. We have There's new no legislation, not just legislation. Yeah, We've got a new bank new of legis- as of October last year, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes of course. Yeah, we, we were in court in the midst of that. So they were like, oh, do we use the new legislation, the old legislation? But um, the problem with the le- legislation is it's a bit airy-fairy. I mean, it says in there that, you know, all attempts should be made to place the child with family first, which is, uh, you know, it's got to be a better option. Well, what they've, what they've done is, which fascinates me, is they've taken the a- excerpts of the Nyland report mm. and things that they, <laughs> they, believe, they yes. believe were appropriate. Mm-hmm. Or at least were in the Nyland report. Mm. And they've inserted that in the legislation. But the stuff that they've inserted is is not necessarily law... Uh, what's the word? Law s- legal specific, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, general um, beliefs, uh, general yeah, values it's, that they put really in It's really unclear and I think it's unclear to the courts as well. I know our judge... Now, I'd like to say our judge was pretty fair. Um, he seemed like a fairly good man. Are you um, saying that because you think he might be listening to this Partially. Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I do genuinely think he was pretty fair. Um, and the way he would say things was, I get what you're talking about here, but if I rule that way, I'm going to set up a precedent that is going to cause so many problems for other cases. For example, the recordings. Now, we weren't allowed to bring the recordings into court. Um we got around that, but either way, we weren't allowed to bring the recordings into court. And his main reason for that was, well, you know, if I allowed everyone to bring recordings in, everyone's going to start recording and then everyone's going to be in the courtroom. And I'm thinking, well, bring it on, you know. If that's what it needs to change the system, so be it. And that comes back to your first point about transparency, exactly. doesn't it? If we allow that Definitely. transparency within the courts, yes. how different... See, it might determine how some people choose to behave. I think it definitely will. <laughs> and I think, look, from a from a DCP port perspective, I sort of get it. Their, I think their concern would be, hey, um, if, if we have to say, look, we're recording this conversation, then are we going to get people to be as forthcoming about their issues and then we have less, lef- less evidence and then, you know, we might be in a position where we know a child needs to be taken and we, we can't because we don't have the evidence. But I'm sort of thinking, and I think, this comes down to the third thing. Um, I think it, we need a bit more clarity about who these people are. These are investigators and they are building a court case yep. often. Yep. And the people involved in that, unlike in the police, don't know that. So by the time they realise, oh, something's wrong, it's often too late. And they're not forensic investigators either. Well, it's not. It's got very different rules from yes. like if this if this was if this I, I don't think I've barely heard of anyone getting charged of neglect or abuse. 
No, it it's has just it has it has happened, but it'd be less it's than one percent of the cases it's though. Rare. Yes, exactly. And Spot I on. think I think Great their concern point. I think their concern is they that children will be at risk. And I get that. Um, but there's still got to be a better way. And I think we have. I mean, one of the, one of the things that concerns me the most is that on mo- most of the ninety percent of the cases we work on, mm. um, or the people that come to us, I should say, mm. with those cases, if they'd chosen to work with the family prior mm. to removing Absolutely. a child, yeah. that child would never have had to face That's the trauma right. of having to leave the, their parents. Exactly. And um, so, so what's missing out of our system? And we'll just finish on this point. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. What's missing in our system that uh, prevents us from understanding that working with families will probably have better outcomes than removing a child? I I think it's a cultural thing. I think that DCP has evolved rather than being proper properly thought through. Um, as you said before, a lot of the good workers leave. So the people in there are not necessarily fans of changing the system. And I, I wouldn't say that's 100% because even one of our worst workers would let slip that she also thinks the system is terrible. Yes, and I, I would love to do a survey. Oh. A, a well, they can't. A, so an anonymous survey yes. about exactly what they think about the system Absolutely. in which they work. Because they, they, they realise there's problems as well. Yeah. Noel, this has been an outstanding conversation. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much for having it with us. And I hope that those of those people that are listening will benefit from it as well. If you have any comments, please make them down below. And uh, we look forward to you joining us next time for Kids Matter. Yeah. Thanks, Noel. Thank you. Thank you, Tony.